Hi, I'm Ariana. And I'm Julie Gafke. And this is Justice, That's, That's the, the Business, business we're, we're In. In today's episode, we will focus primarily on hair discrimination. Um, discrimination that is based on one's hair is oftentimes um, an invidious form of race discrimination. And such forms of race discrimination are being challenged under federal and state civil rights laws today. Um, in addition, some states have proposed laws specific to protecting individuals against discrimination based on one's hair, and this law is called the Crown Act. So, Julie, what is the Crown Act? Well, it had originated in 2019, and it was created in collaboration between Dove and the Crown Coalition, the goal is to ensure that people with natural hair are protected against race-based discrimination relating to those natural hairstyles. The Crown Act stands for Creating a Respectful and Open World for Natural Hair. So California was the first state to implement the Crown Act after Senator Holly J. Mitchell partnered with the Crown Coalition and Dove. Other states have followed suit and as of April of 2021, the states that have passed Crown Acts include New York, New Jersey, Virginia, Colorado, Washington, Maryland, Connecticut, New Mexico, Delaware, and Nebraska. That's quite a few states. Um, but I, hair discrimination is not new. It's just another form of discrimination that has been used in the United States to isolate, embarrass, manipulate, and intimidate black people to make them feel less than. This occurs everywhere. It occurs in the workplace, sports, schools, you name it, it has occurred. So Julie, what are some examples, um, some legal examples that you have regarding hair discrimination? Well, actually, we have a pretty recent example from this year in 2021, and it's right in Michigan. As you know, our podcast um, is out of Michigan, and in early 2021, a 7-year-old biracial girl in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, had long, beautiful, naturally curly hair, and that's how she wore it. There was another student on the bus who had scissors from school, and that student cut this young girl's hair. After that happened, her father took her to a licensed beautician who provided her with an asymmetrical haircut afterwards. But within two days of that haircut on the bus, and after the father had already took the child to a beautician, the young girl was at school and actually, shockingly, a teacher took it upon herself to cut the girl's hair without her parents' permission. Cutting it so short, it was within a couple inches from her scalp. And you know, you see these pictures of this young girl and she looks so sad. Um, I mean, it's just heartbreaking that this seven-year-old was subjected not only to her hair getting cut on the bus by another student, but then for a teacher to cut her hair almost to her scalp just was, again, was, was wrong and was likely based on the fact that she's biracial, 
And this teacher did not think that the haircut that her father got her from the license petition, apparently the teacher didn't think was, was good enough or right for school. Who knows what happened as far as what was going through this teacher's mind. But the father is fighting back and has brought a federal lawsuit on behalf of her daughter against the Mount Pleasant School District and individuals in the Mount Pleasant School District, including that teacher. Um, the family is represented by attorney Shandrika Simmons. She's a friend of mine. She's a fabulous attorney. Um, and it's pending in the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Michigan, Northern Division with the Honorable Thomas Ludington. So the, it's still pretty early in that case, Ariana. Mm -hmm. The school district still needs to answer, um, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and see what happens. Yes, and like I think a lot of people, the, the photo of the girl went viral on Twitter, um, and she just looked so distraught. But what makes me also so angry is that nothing happened to the teacher, like, all they did was say sorry, and then like they got a little slap on the wrist. Like this girl, you cut her hair. Your hand should be nowhere near her hair, let alone a pair of scissors near her head. And then nothing is done. Like people fail to realize that like when you don't handle it originally, like these things, these events are going to repeat themselves because people will think, oh, like I didn't get in trouble that bad that last time. So like. It'll be, it'll be fine, but I'm, I'm glad the dad is fighting back because this is unacceptable. Well, talking about being repeated, mm -hmm. in December of 2018 in New Jersey, there was a 16-year-old boy who was wrestling at a wrestling meet, and the referee went up to him, he had dreadlocks, and said, you can't compete with those dreadlocks. You have 90 seconds to decide whether you want those dreadlocks cut off and compete. Otherwise, if you don't get the dreadlocks cut, you're you're going to be you're going to forfeit your match. And so this poor 16-year-old, this athlete um, who went there to compete <laughs> and was perfectly capable of competing mm -hmm. with dreadlocks, um, was forced to make an impossible decision. Although he agreed, technically agreed, although I don't think that that really that could be viewed mean, as, yeah. um, as consent, but he agreed. And then there was this white female trainer who then cut several inches of this athlete's hair. Um, his haircut was, was on video. This went viral. And you can just see how humiliated this poor athlete was. Um, and the referee was only banned for two years from refereeing. Yeah, and like, it again, this was another another event that went viral on Twitter. And I remember like there were mixed comments and I'm reading through them. And a lot of people were outraged just like me. But other people were like, oh my God, like this kid's such a great, uh, this is sportsmanship. I was like, this is not sportsmanship. Like, if this is what sportsmanship is, I'm not playing any sports because I was like, you dehumanized this kid made him cut his hair off in front of a bunch of people did a crappy job like growing out locks is a special journey for whoever decides to do it and it's like you who put you in charge to do that like that and the thing is 
they weren't they weren't interfering with his wrestling because this was this was towards the end of the tournament, correct? Yeah, I'm not positive it, on that detail. I'm sorry, not the tournament. I meant the season. I'm sorry, I meant towards oh, the later right. the season. I mean, it, it was w- an important competition, and this kid wanted to wrestle, and he was he was given this ridiculous <laughs> um, decision to make where he should have just been able to wrestle with his hair the way it was. And like you said, he had already wrestled with his hair yeah. and done just fine, and it didn't give him an unfair advantage, that's for sure. Yeah, I was like, it, it's it's the it's the two years from not being able to referee. It's like he should never be allowed to do this again. <laughs> so it's again with the slap on the wrist. But um, do you want to talk about the Louisiana case? Yeah, let's talk about that. That's a recent case too. Mm-hmm. That's that was just filed in twenty twenty one by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission on behalf of an African American woman who was told. She could not wear her hair natural. And in fact, she was told to wear a wig um, that was straight hair. Um, because when she was hired, when she interviewed, she did wear a wig. Um, it wasn't permanent. Um, and her hair was straight when she was hired. But it, it also takes her 45 minutes to put that wig on every day to attach it to um, to affix the wig with glue. I mean, it's extremely uncomfortable, especially in heat and humidity, and it's extremely time-consuming. So she got the job. I mean, she didn't get the job because of the hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she got the job because of her credentials, mm-hmm. and she did a good job. She was in sales. Um, and about a month later, she started wearing her hair natural to work. And um, the owner instructed the human resource manager to talk to her about her hair and looking more professional. Um, and, and the owner said, you know, she came in with beautiful hair, but now looks like she rolled out of bed. I mean, oh, just, that's, that's disgusting. disgusting. That's um, disgusting. It's like... Your natural hair, it grows out of your hair. It's beautiful just the way it is. You shouldn't have to put a bunch of chemicals or wear a wig over it just to, quote-unquote, be professional. There's no such thing as a professional hairstyle. And it doesn't matter. You're doing your job. Like, there's no reason that you should... My hair is none of my employer's business. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're wearing it natural. I mean, and there was no indication that that she wasn't doing well at her job. The owner approached this employee and told her that her hair was unacceptable and that she was to wear it straight. Um, Seven days later, she was fired. That's disgusting. (laughs) Um, So the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission investigated it. They found that there was discrimination and now that they have filed suit Mm -hmm. in Louisiana and under the the Civil Rights Act under Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 for race discrimination. So I hope she wins. It sounds like a great case to me. I mean, mm-hmm. definitely sounds like race discrimination and something that this employee should never have had to been subjected to. Yeah, and this is this reminds me of another thing. A lot of times when um, black women interview for jobs, they wear a ha- uh, like a hairstyle, quote unquote, that is supposed to be that is i mean 
deemed more presentable so that they don't get denied from a job because they're being judged on how they look. Um, and then like once they're, they get the job, um, they get to wear their hair naturally or however style they want to wear. And it's, it's so disheartening because you shouldn't, you would never judge a white person on how their hair is styled. You would never comment like, oh, I'm going to not give them this job because I don't like how their hair color is or I don't like, it's not curly, it's not straight. People, that's just another form of discrimination and it's it's why a lot of people um, do their hair a certain way technically uh, or typically like a Eurocentric style, like straighten your hair that is deemed more professional. Um, I think black women should be able to wear their hair naturally. And um, obviously, like, you can't see me, but I wear my hair naturally. Um, and when I interviewed for jobs, I wear my hair how I want to because I think of it like this. If you don't want me how I naturally look or how I wear my hair or, or how I want to wear my hair, I don't want to work for your crappy company. I don't want to work for your organization if you're going to judge me based off of how I look. As long as I'm doing my job and I'm doing it well, it shouldn't be an issue. Um, and I... I stand by black women on however they want to wear their hair because any style they can pull off. Um, but it's just, it's disheartening with this one to see like you wearing your, you wearing your natural hair, like offends someone so much. Like how much hate in your heart and how racist do you have to be to go to HR and say, you know what, this is not professional. What What is professional? What is and is not professional? How someone wears their hair should not be considered professional or non-professional. It's hair. It's what grows out of someone's scalp. Um, and it kind of reminds me, I, I wish, this was a couple years ago, I was talking to Julie about it, but I was like, I wish I remembered where it was from. But it was an attorney and she was like told like she had to wear her hair a certain way, like straight, quote unquote, like how they wanted it. But what she did was she bought her wig and had a wig stand and put it on her desk so when she came in with her natural hair she'd get to her office and then put on her the hair that the office wanted her to put on and then when she leaves she'd put it back on the desk because she was sending a message like you're not going to control me on how I wear my hair um you may give me a paycheck but this is not who I am and like you guys should be ashamed of yourself so well um, and that's you know she shouldn't have had to do that at all at all I mean, and how incredibly uncomfortable for her for a lot of reasons, but but just the comfort itself, which now she's trying to do a hard job. She's trying to to represent her clients to the best of her ability, and she's got to be worried about the fact that she's got a wig on and it's not comfortable to her, and she wants to wear her hair naturally. So, and actually, this brings us around to... What happened with the Olympics recently? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so the 2020 Olympics, which actually occurred like this year because of COVID, oh. um, they had swim caps for people with voluminous hair, and these specific um, swim caps were banned because they, quote, didn't meet regulation. Um, and this swim cap is made by a black-owned British company, and it's a manufactured... The swim cap is called the Soul Cap with natural hair in mind. Um, so, according to Soul Cap's founders, these swimming caps are larger to accommodate 
um, afros, uh, locks, weaves, hair extensions, braids, um, and thick and curly hair. So they essentially um, are just larger swim caps so that you can fit your hair under there and not harm your hair. Um, any, any advantage swimming? No, you don't. It doesn't make you faster. It doesn't make you slower. It's just a different size cap. Like, and several black Olympic swimmers chose to wear the swim cap, wear the swim caps. Um, sorry, the sole caps and they were banned and they weren't able to wear them during the Olympics. So according to the 2020, um, FINA Olympic rulebook manufacturers of new styles of swimwear and caps that include a new design of construction or material must submit the swim uh, swimwear to FINA to obtain for its approval it before its competition the rulebook it wasn't an issue until someone created something new it doesn't make them faster it doesn't make them slower so just because they didn't go through all the red tape. Yes. Even though it has nothing to do with performance. It's just <laughs> trying to prevent black people from participating in these sports. And there's always been a long history of discrimination with black people and swimming. Um, and like one terrible example that comes up to mind was in 1964 when a motel manager poured acids Sorry, poured acid in a pool where black kids were swimming. And, like, if you look it up, you can just see the picture. And you can see this man pouring acid. And these kids are freaking out as they should be. Like, why do you want to harm someone that badly? It's horrendous. It's unbelievable. I was like, that's a hate crime. (laughs) That's a hate crime. Um, And so I am going to talk a little bit about, like, my own experience so as a black woman uh, my and for a lot of other black women I'm not speaking for all black women but my hair is a form of self-expression and it's part of me so there's no reason that I or anybody else should be discriminated against for something that grows out of our scalps Um, thankfully I've never been discriminated against for wearing my hair naturally but I have had plenty of ignorant comments directed towards me because of my hair and I'm going to Share a couple. Just share a few. Um, So I have been compared to an animal saying that my hair looks like a lion's mane. And I've had multiple times when I've worn faux locks where people have made comments or tried to touch my head. So the first time I was at, this was before COVID, I was at a party and it was an old, like, I had attended with my grandparents and I didn't know any of these people. I was just there because they asked me to go. And I was sitting on a couch and this woman comes up behind me and grabs my hair, like actually touches my head, grabs it and says she likes it. Why are, I don't, first of all, I don't know you. Second of all, boundaries. Third of all, why are you touching my head? I think that's weird and it's gross and it's, and then a lot of time, like when people are called out on like, why are you touching my head? They get defensive. Well, why? It's it's a valid question. You shouldn't be touch. You shouldn't be touching anyone's head, um, or touching their hair. And then I remember I went to someone's graduation party, and one of their family members said, <laughs> "said this is so trifling." Said I looked like Bob Marley's groupie. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And like, I I was just like, it's these scenarios. It's like 
they're I they happen so out of the blue that I just half the time I'm so caught off guard I don't even know what to say so it's just like I just look like there's it's crazy and then another time I went to Ulta and my hair was naturally curly in the fro that I normally like to wear and this lady walked up behind me and she's like I like your hair and I'm like thank you like I I'll take a compliment it's fine but it's I just know that there's always something that comes after it. Like, why can't you just say, I like my hair and move on with your day? It's always, I like your hair. And then this lady proceeds to say, she's a white woman, guys. <laughs> she, who does not have any hair texture that is similar to mine. She goes, I always wanted to have an afro like you. And the thing is, I was with my dad and sister, and we're all looking at each other like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, what do you want me to say to that? Like, I mean, it just, I don't, it's just, ugh. And the thing is, like, this also goes into, like, cultural appropriation. And, again, with, like, Halloween costumes and stuff, like, it's offensive when people, like, wear, like, wigs. Like, wear, like, afros. Like, oh, like, I wanted to be this for Halloween, so I got an, an, like, an afro. Like, you can do certain costumes without appropriating someone else's culture. And it's not just for black people. It's with, like, even people dressing up as... It's so offensive when people dress up as Native Americans or when people are appropriating other people's cultures in ways of, like, putting on kimonos and stuff for Halloween. Um, but this... It, it blows my mind because for black women, we... It's disheartening to see your culture being appropriated and and white women being praised for wearing hairstyles that you are oftentimes denied so for example we were talking about this before the episode um black women wear cornrows braids um afros all these beautiful styles and then like the kardashians are up here like appropriating these cultures saying like wearing cornrows and they're like yeah like this is this is a hairstyle like I like being in proximity to blackness does not make you black and I feel like a lot of people forget that um, and then the other thing is like you're wearing these hairstyles and being praised and people are literally losing their jobs over wearing your hairstyle in the same way mm-hmm. and then like another example <clears throat> is with Bo Derek people call cornrows with beads on them Bo Derek braids it's like they're not Bo Derek braids. And then when Kim Kardashian put them on, they're like, oh my God, you're wearing Bo Derek braids. Like, they're just cornrows. They're cornrows. And you're appropriating someone's culture. So stick stick to what you know and don't, don't, especially like if you want to say you're an ally, don't go appropriating someone's culture. If you truly want to stick by someone, how about you not wear braids or cornrows or... And the thing is, it's like this whole trend on TikTok. I don't know if you've seen these videos, but like people like, oh, I didn't know it was offensive. But like black women have been saying like, you shouldn't wear this hairstyle because for a number of reasons, it will pull your hair out. Like they're called protective hairstyles because they protect our hair, but it's too much strain on, Mm. on white people's hair. So like it's going to pull it out. And they're like, oh, I've seen videos. This, This girl was like, oh my God, like. I lost so much hair. It's like, because that hairstyle was not made for you, sweetheart. (laughs) It wasn't made for you. And people were trying to tell you, but okay, go get your hair ripped out. It's, 
it's I don't know I just just be mindful of your hairstyles or like in general of cultural appropriation because again well and and I think what you're part of what you're saying is that African-American women are being discriminated against in the workplace because of wearing you know their hair natural mm -hmm. they're going to job interviews mm -hmm. all over in every type of industry with their hair straightened mm -hmm. because they feel like they have to and then you know white women with privilege do a hairstyle that's you know more traditionally african-american like you said and it could even cause their hair to fall out and they get privileged wearing that hairstyle versus discriminated against for wearing that hairstyle. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're, kind of what you're saying? Yeah, and like with, I think another thing with the Crown Act, why it's become like really popular is because a lot of, it, a lot of black women are embracing their natural hair because historically there have always been forms of oppression in terms of what is deemed presentable on black people. And like, there's a history of like, being forced to like perm your hair and use mm -hmm. chemicals to straighten it um and now that people are embracing their hair how they want to wear it um there's nothing wrong with having a perm or relaxer it's just like we should be embracing everyone's hair types and it should be how you want to wear it. you shouldn't be discriminated against because you want to wear it naturally and like a lot of people um felt pressured to wear their hair a certain way and like I definitely feel this like when I was growing up like I definitely wore my hair straight a lot more than I do now like I don't think I've straightened my hair in two years like it, it that's a lot of heat damage um and a lot of time so mm -hmm. um it's it's also it's like accept self-acceptance so I think that's really important and like no hairstyle should be deemed inappropriate um any hairstyle that you wear is um, great unless you're appropriating someone else's culture. But uh, I digressed. <laughs> so, Julie, how can how can you be a good ally? Well, I'm I'm definitely going to keep an open mind, educate myself, um, look to the the various resources, and you know, for me, speaking up when I see discrimination is important representing individuals who are discriminated against for wearing their hair, hair natural, that's important to me. And I will continue to represent individuals who are discriminated against in that way. I think it's racial. I think it's race discrimination. I think it's protected under the Civil Rights Act. And I'm going to continue to represent people who have been discriminated against based on hair. Um, and I'm not going to touch anybody's hair. I Thank promise you, you that. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, it's like you see so many videos of people like you don't even know them. You're going up and like, or like I was reading this book the other day. Let me look up the name of it. Um, let, just a second. The book was called. It was a, com a black comedian, and she was talking about, like, um, she was talking about, like, racist experiences that she had um, growing up in Nebraska, 
It's called You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey. And one of the stories that was in her book, I highly recommend going to um, highly go, highly recommend going to read it. But she was talking about how she was out, and this lady was so drunk that she came out and like grabbed her afro. But then the because she she was like she was so she was intoxicated. But then she like tripped on something and was like grabbing for something as she's going down. Her hand gets stuck. She grabs for this lady's hair. But then the thing is. It, her hand gets stuck in her head. So, and I was like, this, like, I know the, uh, so the authors were Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar and their sisters. But I was like, I rem I, I was like, I know, like, her, since the author was a comedian, like, she's laughing it off. And I'm like, in retrospect, like, this is not funny because, because, like, it, like, oh my gosh. Or, like, multiple times, like, she's some random person, like, oh, I wanted to feel it. It feels like wool. And your hand gets stuck in it. Like, your hand shouldn't have been in there in the first place. But, um, yeah, if you if you have time, go read You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey. And it's called, and then it goes on to say, like, crazy stories about racism. So, it Good was a book club recommendation. It, it's, it's a quick read. Like, and it's, I'm glad I finished it this week because it's very relevant to this episode. <laughs> But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and thanks for listening. I, I think my last comment is, um, don't compare someone's to an animal or food. Like, oh my God, your hair looks like a lion. Like, like, or, or like some type of like food. It's, it's weird. And I feel like I'm not seen as a person when people do that. Um, I also recommend going to sign the petition to end hair discrimination um and it's the campaign it, the, the campaign um was created by the uh, crown coalition so i'll put the link in the description box um and you guys can sign up and so far they're trying to get four hundred thousand signatures and they're at three hundred and thirty four thousand. so sign uh, the petition um and yeah you know thank you for listening to this episode and again we'll have the resources along with this petition in the description box. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.